Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 30th, 2023. The Lord told me on New Year's Eve to start this year, today's word, by teaching the miracles of Jesus. So we're going to go through all the miracles of Jesus. Now, we're already at January 30th, and obviously we're not going to get through all of the miracles in January. We're going to keep going. But as I'm teaching the miracles of Jesus, I pray that your faith is built up, that you are edified and encouraged, that you are inspired and motivated. Today, we're looking at Jesus raising Jairus's daughter from the dead. We're not going to cover all of this today, but we're just going to set up the miracle. I'm talking about a miracle working power. The power of Jesus is made available to us. I want you to get ready. Open up your heart to receive the word. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the miracle working power of Jesus. A lot, a lot of times, we, you know, especially those of us that go to church on a regular basis, we're going to church Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night. And we sometimes just need to be reminded of the miracle working power of God, that, that we ought not to just go through the motions and through the routines, that there is a God in, in heaven who sits on the circle of the earth who can do all things. Put that in the chat. Say, my God can do all things. And because my God is on me and in me and with me and for me, that means that I can do all things too. There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing that can overtake me. I will never, never be defeated. I'm going from victory to victory. Victory is my starting point and victory is my destination. I'm going from victory to victory. How am I getting there? From faith to faith, by faith. And I'm doing it. Why? Because I'm submitted unto God in all things. Say amen to that glory. I will never be defeated. All right. Psalms 126 and verse four. I don't know why, but that song just came in my heart. And because God is the greatest power, we shall never be defeated. Sometimes I just got, you got to remind yourself of the power of God because God is the greatest power anywhere. We shall never be defeated. Say this, put that in the chat. I shall never be defeated. I'm in God. God is with me. I'm walking with God. He's walking with me. He's the greatest power. God has. God can do anything. And I, that's the God that I worship. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that gave me his spirit. That's the God that sent his son for me. That's the God that covered me with the blood of his son. When he looks at me, he sees himself. Come on now, give God some praise. Listen, before I get into the miracle... I don't know, I feel like preaching this morning. Before I get into the miracle, let's look at Psalms 126 and verse 4. Psalms 126 and verse 4 is something that we're going to be looking at all year. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Put this in the chat. Say, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Restore us to our former glory. The Bible says, may streams of refreshing, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. May, may listen, there's this former glory that you operated in and maybe something was stripped uh, over the last few years, but God is going to give it back to you. Like we're going back. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to this form of glory, even to take me to another level to where every dry heart in my life, it will be drenched again. Every dry area. Say, put this in the chat. Say, no dry areas for me. There's sometimes going through the motions, going through the routines. Sometimes we just allow ourselves to go dry in some areas, but this is a season of refreshing. This is a season of restoring. Say, amen to that. All right, Mark chapter five. Uh, I'm not going to read. Today, I'm going to cover basically in this miracle, verses 21 to 43. 
And in the middle of this miracle, there's another one because this woman comes with the issue of blood. But so, so let me just deal with, I'll tell you the story and then we'll go through it. Mark chapter five, 21 through 43. Let me just give you the story. So you know where we are in the, in the whole thing with the miracles, right? Jesus taught all of these parables and he was tired. When the evening came, he got into his boat. He told his disciples, hey man, let's go to the other side. They got into the boat. He went into the hinder part of the sh ship and he fell asleep on the pillow. A storm came. The waves were beating over the sides of the ship. Uh, it was taking on water until it was about to go down. The disciples thought they were going to die. They woke up, Jesus, Jesus, we're about to die. Why don't you care? He was like, what's wrong with y'all? Where's your faith? He spoke, he rebuked the wind, spoke to the sea, peace be still. <sighs> People on the boat was like, what manner of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. He gets out of the boat in the land of Gad, of the Gadarenes. There's this man that comes out of the tombs. He's legion possessed, right? And he has over 2,000 demons inside of him. And so, so he's possessed with a legion of demons. And Jesus cast out the demons. They go into a herd of swine. He tells the man, you can't come with us, but go tell people. The man went to 10 cities. Jesus got back into the boat. They went back to the other side. That's where we pick up the story. They go back to the other side. When they get back there, the crowd is still there waiting on, on Jesus. Jesus gets out of the boat. And when he does, he sees the crowd. And while he's walking off the boat, towards the crowd, someone breaks through the crowd. Oh, Lord. this man just breaks through the crowd and he runs down and he falls at Jesus's feet. This man breaks through the crowd. The Bible says that he's a ruler of the synagogue. His name is Jairus. That means that he's a, he's a, a man of position and prominence and stature in the community. He has a title and people know who he is. Matter of fact, not only that, he's friends with the people that didn't like Jesus. <laughs> and so he's friends with the people that are fighting against Jesus. And so he runs through all of that and, and he forgets his title. He forgets his position all of that. It doesn't even matter to him that, that his friends don't like Jesus. He's running to this man, this miracle worker named Jesus. He falls down at Jesus's feet. He begins to worship Jesus. It is in that moment, in this position of worship, bowing down before Jesus, that he says, Lord, he says, my daughter is lying. I'm not going to lie about what's going on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat the, the situation. I'm not, I'm going to be honest about the gravity of my situation. I have a daughter. She's lying at the point of death. Like, listen, I've obviously I've been to all my friends. We've all been praying. I put her on the, uh, the on the sick and shut in list and everybody's been praying for her and, and she's about to die. And so, so all of our stuff didn't work. Mr. Jesus, I believe that your stuff is going to work. I'm laying here. Oh God, I need a breakthrough. My daughter is lying at the point of death. But this is what I believe, Mr. Jesus. If you would come to my house and lay hands on my daughter, she shall recover and she shall live. Jesus said, all right, well, let's go. And then Jesus went with Jairus and the disciples followed. And then the crowd followed because church folk are nosy. All right. So what does this mean for you today? Could you see it? Like, were you there? Like, like I was just setting up the story, uh, uh, but now we're there. Now we're there. So what does this mean for you today? I got three things to share with you this morning. And, and I'm telling you, this stuff is going to be good. Y'all ready? All right. Here's number one. Number one, sometimes you must humble yourself to stand before God with a heart that is turned towards him. Sometimes you have to humble yourself. Put this in the chat. Say, I will humble myself. Sometimes you have to humble yourself before God with a heart that is turned towards him. Let, let me try to teach this. Let me, I'm excited this morning. Let me try to slow down. Being a ruler of the synagogue, what does that mean? Okay, Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. So this meant that, first of all, he was one of the most respected. He was a respected man within the Jewish religious community of where he was, right? He was a leader and a teacher in his community. And so he was a ruler of the synagogue. The synagogue was a place of worship. 
So basically, he was one of the church leaders for them, right? And he was part of the Jewish religious elite, at least within his own community. Now, the, the ruler of the synagogue was responsible for overseeing the religious services and activities in the synagogue. So he held the position of authority. He held the position of prominence, and he was well-known within the community. Uh, so now this makes it even more significant that he went to Jesus' well because it's well-known that the religious leaders of his day didn't like Jesus. It is well-known that they had a problem with Jesus. So all of his friends didn't like Jesus. Now, now, Jesus was going around healing people. Jesus was going around being led by the Holy Ghost. Jesus was going around doing whatever the Holy Spirit led him to do. And the religious people of Jesus's day were upset. He was drawing crowds. And it seems like to them, this dude is just breaking the rules, right? I mean, like they have all of these rules and, and he was breaking the rules and they didn't like it. And so, so especially the rules that they required of people, the rules that they required of people, Jesus was not following those rules. He was led by the Holy Spirit in all things at all times. And he was going around performing miracles. And, and, and he, was, he was preaching and teaching with demonstration and power. And they didn't have demonstration or power. They were getting upset when Jesus would heal somebody on a Saturday because they couldn't heal anybody on a Tuesday or Thursday or no days. So Jesus had a different perspective. And of, of what ministry looks like, therefore, Jairus had a different perspective in this case. He was like, forget it. I've already asked my friends to pray. I've already like, you know, I've exhausted everything that I can do, but my daughter is dying. It, it, sometimes, listen, I don't know about you, but when you have a real situation and you need a real breakthrough, right? At that point, there's some things that you can't concern yourself with. When you need a real breakthrough, then other things just seem unimportant. In that moment, it didn't matter to Jairus that his friends didn't like Jesus. In that moment, it didn't matter to Jairus that he had a position of prominence and he had a title and all of that. None of that mattered. His, his connections didn't matter. His associations didn't matter. His status within the community didn't matter. All he wanted was a breakthrough for his daughter. Listen, remember earlier in the series, I told you, put this in the chat, desperation is the breeding ground of miracles. The reason why, and I agree with this, that people say that there's not too many miracles that happen in the United States, because in the United States, people are too comfortable. And desperation is the breeding ground of miracles. This man was desperate. And because he was desperate, he broke through the crowd and he fell down at Jesus's feet. His desperation shows us the urgency of the situation. His daughter was dying. She was literally at the point of death. Matter of fact, before they got to the house, she wound up dying. But this man went there and he exhibited faith in Jesus. See, when you need a breakthrough, here's some things we glean from this. When you need a breakthrough, your title doesn't matter. When you need a breakthrough, your position doesn't matter. When you need a breakthrough, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. When you need a break, listen, it doesn't, none of that matters when you need a breakthrough. When you need a breakthrough, Another thing, what people think doesn't matter. Oh, um, that like when when you need a breakthrough, you don't even care what people are gonna say. When you need a breakthrough, you don't even care what 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 people are gonna think about you. When when you need a breakthrough, even the people that are closest to you don't matter because if you need a breakthrough, you need a breakthrough. I'm I'm talking about when you are facing something. I'm talking to somebody. Come on now, look at me. You may be facing something that's bigger than you. And when you are facing something that's bigger than you, and we're talking life and death, and it's a serious matter. When you, when you are facing something that's bigger than you, you need to go to the God who's bigger than anything.
You need to, listen, when you're facing something that's bigger than what you can handle, you need to go to the God who can handle all things. And you need to go to God in earnest. And you need to go to God in worship. And you need to go to God in prayer. And it doesn't matter. Listen, at that point, your title doesn't matter. Your position doesn't matter. That's why you don't need to be going to church with all this stuff that you can't worship in. You don't need to be going to church and being worried about what you wear. Oh, I can't wrinkle this, wrinkle it. Listen, sometimes maybe you, you, you're just not desperate enough. If you need something, if you need something from God, then none of that stuff matters. I, I, listen, I've seen people, when they need something, makeup, mascara, none of that stuff matters. All that stuff is out the window. When you need a breakthrough, you need a breakthrough. Jairus swallowed his pride. He humbled himself. He bowed down before Jesus. He got down to Jesus' feet. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your title is. I don't care if you're a pastor, a bishop. You could be Bishop Bubblegum. Listen, if you need a breakthrough, you need a breakthrough. You need to get down and spend time at Jesus' feet. Say amen to that. Listen, as a man of God, as a woman of God, your relationship with God has to be prompt, has to be paramount, has to be bigger than anything else. And you don't have time to be worried about what people are going to say or what people are going to think. You need a breakthrough. He humbled himself before the mighty hand of God. Say amen to that. All right, number two. Oh, I feel like preaching to you. I'm trying to restrain myself, contain myself. Number two, being religious is not the same as having a relationship with God. Being religious is not the same as having a relationship with God. Listen, I know that people are religious. I grew up religious. Uh, but being religious is not the same as having a relationship with God. Religion has its limitations because oftentimes religion is focused on rites, rituals, routines, and tradition more than having an intimate relationship with Jesus. And it can be more like a man-made thing. It could be about customs and practices and traditions rather than really seeking a connection with God. On the other hand, having a true relationship with Jesus means that you have a personal connection. Put this in the chat. Say, I have a personal connection. That's the type of relationship. God wants to have a personal connect connection with you. you. When you have a personal connection with God and you know that God has a personal connection with you and this is a, a, a it gives you a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. And that, that's critical for us because the more you get to know Jesus, the more you will get to know yourself. So you need to know who Jesus is and surrender to him and his will on a daily basis. And that comes with having a true and intimate and personal relationship with Jesus. Religion can provide structure and guidance and that kind of thing, but it, it, it can also become a barrier to Jesus. It can also become a barrier to true worship. Religion can be a barrier. And you don't want religion to be a barrier for, for you. A true relationship with Jesus is not about rules. Remember, rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. The purpose of the law was to get man to the end of himself. The purpose of the law was to show us that we needed a savior. When that savior came and his name is Jesus. And so so, so my life is not focused on rules. My, my life is focused on this intimate relationship with the father. Father, what, what do you want me to do? on a day? That's how Jesus lived. I will go wherever you want me to go. I will say whatever you want me to say when I get there. I will do whatever you want me to do. It's about having a heart that is open to God and his desires and yielding to him, even at the risk of looking foolish, doing whatever God tells you to do. Jairus ran down and fell at Jesus's feet, even at the risk of looking foolish. This is the type of relationship that the father wants for us. And when you have a relationship with God, say this, put this in the chat, say, I have a relationship with God. And when you have a relationship with God, what happens is you become free. You become so free that you are just led by the Holy Spirit in all things, at all times. You are open to his desires. You're, you're, you're open to the divine impulses of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and it winds up 
where this freedom, you live with a certain level of joy and fulfillment and excitement. I get up every morning knowing that my calling is calling me and I get to operate in the grace of Jesus in a deeper way than I ever did when I was religious. J. Iris was religious. Let's be clear about it. J. Iris was religious. All his friends were religious. But when he was faced with a real challenge, it didn't matter. When he was faced with a real challenge, it was evident that all of his religious practices were not working. All of his religious practices were powerless against the sickness that was on his daughter. And so he had asked all his friends to pray. Nothing happened. He, he, he had gone through all the rituals and routines. Nothing happened. If you grew up like me, you would have went and lit a candle, right? I, I used to do, hey, let me go light a candle for this person. Nothing happened. It wasn't about none of that. All of the religious practices were powerless against the sickness on his daughter. So he went to the one man, say one man. He went to the one man who had the power over anything. He went to Jesus. Let me talk about me for a minute. I grew up in a very religious environment and uh, I have a lot of my family members who are still very religious. And many of my family members criticized me when I walked away from religious practices for a true and intimate relationship with Jesus. Many of my family members criticized me. They even, within my own family, they was like, ese muchacho está loco. They, they, they was like, he's crazy. Like, he's what? What is wrong? He's getting, ba- I got baptized when I was 23. They were like, well, we baptized him when he was one. I was like, yeah, but I didn't know Jesus. I need to, I need to baptize. I need to get baptized now because I'm born again. They was like, whatever. You, like, they, they dismissed me. They criticized me. They talked about me. But all I wanted was to know Jesus. But you know what happened now? <laughs> I've been walking with God for 28 years. You know what happened now? Now those very same people, who do they call when they need a breakthrough? They call me and they call and they say, hey, can you pray for such and such? Hey, can you pray for this? Hey, can you pray for that? And what do they say now in my family? Ese muchacho, Dios lo oye. God listens to him. God listens to him. You know why? Because I am pursuing a relationship with God, not religion. And so religion and relationship are not the same thing. If religious people were honest, if religious people were honest, they would have to recognize the limits of their religious practices. God is looking for you to have an intimate and personal relationship with him, an intimate relationship with him. Religion has its limits because it can become all about rules and rituals and routines and traditions. But a true relationship with Jesus is based on a personal connection. Put this in the chat. Say, I have a personal connection with Jesus. That's the goal. You want to have a personal connection with Jesus. The more you understand who Jesus is, the more you will discover who you are because you'll be able to say 1 John 4 and 17, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You got it? All right, number three. I'm only going to give you three for today because I have a lot more to to teach on about this this particular miracle. But the last one for today, leaders, this is a good one. Leaders are some of the hardest people to get to worship. Leaders need to spend time on their knees. Let's talk about this for a minute. As a leader in the church, leaders are sometimes some of the hardest people to get to worship. Leaders need to spend time on their knees. Oh, I'm about to step on some toes right now. All right, so listen, Jairus broke through the crowd. Jairus was a leader. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a person with a title. And and before he asked Jesus for anything, he fell down at Jesus's feet and he worshiped him. Jairus was a religious leader in the community. Remember, like he was known, but he had to strip himself of himself to get down and worship at Jesus's feet. He humbled himself and worshiped at Jesus's feet. Humble 
and sincere worship. Look at me. Humble and sincere worship creates an atmosphere, an environment for your faith to be released. It was in this position of humble and sincere worship at Jesus's feet that he spoke the, the declaration. He acknowledged my daughter's lying. She's at the, uh, my daughter is lying at the point of death. But then he spoke the language of faith. But Mr. Jesus, if you would come to my house and lay hands on her, she shall recover and she shall live. When you are in a in an environment of, of worship, you are creating an atmosphere that is conducive to the move of the Holy Ghost. When you are in an environment of worship and praise and calling upon God, listen, you, you, are, you are creating an atmosphere for you to res, release your faith and hear from God and receive from God. Leaders, let me be honest. Leaders sometimes are the worst worshipers. There, there are people, if you're not careful, if you're not careful in church, I'm talking about church folk now. If you're not careful and you're a leader in church and you go through the motions and you have responsibilities during the church service and you have you have to oversee this and oversee that or run this or run that or make sure this is happening and make sure that... It, listen, leaders that have these kind of responsibilities... Listen, I know. <laughs> so leaders that have these kind of responsibilities, if you're not careful, you can become callous to worship. You can be in an environment where the power of God is moving and you're like, hold on, well, how long has this song been going on? You could be in an environment where the power of God is sweeping through the sanctuary and you could be like, hold on, we need to uh, get, get the slides ready for this and that. And I understand that there's we got to have some functions and that kind of thing. But I'm just saying it's dangerous for a leader because as a leader, you can become callous to worship. You can get so busy doing what you're doing that you don't participate in what, what's happening. And so I love to worship. And I love, so yesterday, uh, this is why as leaders, you got to be careful. You do need opportunities. You do need moments when you're not doing anything. So yesterday was good for me, right? Let's just talk about me for a minute. Yesterday was good for me. So I was at, at BCMI, our church, and yesterday I didn't have any responsibilities. Good. So yes, now next week I'll be preaching next week. So different story. Next week I'll be preaching. So I have responsibilities, but I'm saying yesterday I had nothing to do. So yesterday, even though I was like paying attention to the, you know, the flow and that kind of thing. But I really had no responsibilities. So whenever I, I'm in church and I have nothing to do, and this is, let me just say this. For most of y'all, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about because I come to church just to worship. But those of us that actually have to run the service, this is what I'm talking about. This is why you got to be careful. Jairus was somebody that was in charge. Jairus was somebody that ran stuff. And so the people that have to run stuff, if you're not careful, these are the people that get so busy going through the motions that they fail to receive from God. And so so since yesterday, I didn't have to do anything. Oh my God, that was so good. And so I was like, whoo, I didn't have to do anything. So I got, And the worship was good. The praise team, oh my God, the praise worship team was off the chain yesterday. And so I'm like, bam. And so I got down my, on my knees and I was worshiping. And before you know, I, I didn't even realize it. I woke up like, and bam, I'm on the floor. Like, this is, this is me. First, I got down on my knees and then bam, I was on my face. So my face, I was on my face to the floor, stretched out in worship, worshiping God. I love worship. I don't know. I, so sometimes I just get lost in worship. So, so lost that I'm not even, I don't feel like I'm even there, like in the church building anymore. At that point, it doesn't matter who's around me. It doesn't matter. What is Rick doing over there? Why is he on the floor? Why is his face to the, I, dude, I could care less. I don't care what you think because I'm not here for you. And so, so like when you worship, I'm talking about you need to worship. And, and when you worship, sometimes, I don't know about y'all. But when I worship, it's like God translates me and I'm just gone and I'm just gone. I mean, literally gone. Sometimes I have to physically like come back. And when I come back, I'm like, oh man, where am I at? And I'm talking about worship. Jairus went and he worshiped at Jesus's feet. As a leader, I'm telling you, you run the risk. Look at me as I closed. As a leader, you run the risk of becoming like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, going through the motions if you don't worship. You got to be somebody that no matter what your responsibilities are, Say this, put this in the chat. I will spend time 
at Jesus's feet. As a man of God, as a woman of God, we must all spend time at Jesus's feet. Say amen to that. Oh, I've given you enough. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I've given you enough for today. We'll continue this tomorrow. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith has increased. I will experience your supernatural power like never before. To do so, I continually humble myself before you and I spend time in your presence. I appreciate the influence that you have given me on the earth. But when faced with something that is bigger than my title, <laughs> I spend time at your feet and I receive the answers and the power through prayer and worship. You grace me to face and overcome what I could never overcome without you. I spend time in your presence. I give you pure worship and I enter every day empowered by the Holy Ghost to do all things. I have an intimate relationship with my God, which is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to today. You want my notes? Get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Number one, go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day and go spend time at Jesus' feet. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 